everyone. I'm Amy. I'm going to be reflecting on the, the readings today. Um, among the feast days of the church calendar, there are a few that overflow with meaning the way Epiphany does. I said that in a really flowery, silly way. Basically, there's a lot that I could talk about right now. <laughs> um, you know, I could, I could discuss the, the wise men themselves, the, the magi. Who were they? How many were there? Where did they come from? How did tradition decide that they were kings? When did they arrive? I might focus on gift giving in general or on the symbolism of those odd, expensive, and practical gifts that the Magi bought to Jesus. We might reflect on the idea of going home by another way and pull out the James Taylor song of the same name. We might discuss, as Rachel did a bit already, um, the many traditions which various cultures observe the feast. So many options. The theme that the Leader Magazine materials give us for today is based on the reading from the letter to the Ephesians. The manifold wisdom of God be made known. So this theme brings us back to the meaning of the feast contained in the, the name Epiphany, you know, that moment of sudden revelation when everything is illuminated. The focus on the revelation, the focus is on the revelation of Jesus' birth to the Gentiles. When we see the wise ones of other nations come bearing gifts to bow down before the newborn king and God. What is interesting to me about this revelation to the Gentiles is not just the fact that Jesus' birth was revealed to these wise men, but how their expectations were subverted. When they came to Judea, they looked for a newborn king at the palace, and the reigning monarch had no clue what they were talking about. They were expecting to find a baby who was born in a palace and now lying in a bed of fine fabrics. They are directed to Bethlehem, and they find a baby who was born in a stable and laid in a feeding trough on a bed of straw. Seeking the new king, first they ask in the halls of the powerful. They should have asked the shepherds in the fields, because the, shep the first to hear of the king's birth were unhoused people who were working through the night. Epiphany is not just the revelation to the nations that the God of Israel is king of all peoples and God of all creation. It's the revelation that God is not the king who anyone expects. This revelation of the unexpected continues beyond Jesus' birth. It continued in the company that Jesus kept, in how he chose to live. It continued in his teaching that the poor and the hungry are blessed and the rich and the well-fed are cursed. It continued when he did not fight back, when he was tortured and executed as a terrorist. And it continued when he rose on the third day. And in the epistle reading, we hear that God's unexpected wisdom continues to be revealed in the people that God is creating. The passage comes in a discussion of Jesus' work in reconciling human beings to one another. I'm going to read some of the preceding passage, in part because I like it and I have the microphone, um, but also because it just does fit really well with the themes. The preceding chapter reads, In Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. 
for he is our peace. In his flesh, he has made both into one and has broken down the dividing wall, that is, the hostility between us, that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of the two, thus making peace, and might reconcile both to God reconcile both to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death the hostility through it. So he came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off and peace to you who were near. For through him, both of us have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you who are, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but are fellow citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built together in the spirit into a dwelling place for God. I love both the passage I just read and the one that we read earlier today. Um, I think it, it articulates... Um, the gospel in a way that I think is, that I, I, I think it's different than sometimes the people expect. It's not this Jesus is saving individuals from something that's going to happen after we die. It is a story of Jesus reconciling us to God, but also to one another, um, saving us by his grace, not just from something, but for something. Oh, becoming a pe becoming um, this people, a people who witness to to who he is and what God is doing in the world. Today's reading talks about why the church, as a diverse group of people, living in peace matters. The text states that through the church the wisdom of God in its rich variety might be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This passage speaks of the wisdom of God revealed not just through a star riding, rising in the east or in the person of Jesus Christ, but in the church, the body of Christ in whom God's spirit dwells. I'm going to talk about a specific Greek word now. I don't do that very much um, it, when I'm talking about New Testament texts. Um, largely because the shades of meaning in individual words don't really make the difference to the text, make much difference to the meaning of the text, and I just get really excited about these nuances. Um, you know, I think I'm in this particular community, I think I might have some company in getting really excited about individual words, <laughs> but <laughs> I get a thumbs up from Steve. <laughs> but... Um, in this case, um, this passage has a Greek word that I am really happy to make too much of. Um, the translations usually talk about the manifold wisdom of God, or the wisdom of God in its rich variety, being revealed through the church. We know from texts outside of the Bible, it's the word that's only used this one time in the Bible, but from what we know from other ancient Greek texts outside of the Bible, this word that we translate manifold is saying something about color. It's used to describe multicolored fabric or a field of flowers. Um, so it's talking about this variety, but it's this image of, of colorful, of many colored. 
um, that is used to describe the wisdom of God. And what Rachel was referring to and why you have the little yarn attached to their bulletins, your bulletins is probably the best, um, the, one of the best words to, that you might, we might use to translate this is one that usually is only applied to yarn, which is variegated. I'm gonna grab my little yarn here. Another example. Um, variegated is used to describe colors in yarn. Yarn that is in a single ball or strand, many different colors. Um, and I love this as an image of God's wisdom. When you look at variegated yarn, or an object made of variegated yarn, you can still see all the individual colors. The colors are still all there but they're together. And the effect sometimes can seem pretty messy, honestly. Sometimes the colors pull together in ways that make something look odd or asymmetrical or just kind of gives a design that you did not intend. <laughs> um, and you can have different opinions about whether you know, those colors really go well together, whether it really works. The individual colors are still there, but it makes a whole, and it might be messy, but it's also beautiful. Another image that um, Rachel put on the bulletin, so something else we talked about, um, was this rainbow infinity symbol. You put that on the bulletin, right? Okay, <laughs> somewhere, yes. Um, and it's a symbol that's used um, to signify neuro neurodivergence, um, neurodiversity. Um, but I kept thinking of this image of these co of colors that flow together in this infinite, um, infinite loop, um, flowing around each other and in and out of each other. And that is an image of, of what the church is. And what, who, what about God we reveal as the church. That we don't show God by conforming, having one culture, looking like one another, acting like one another. The fact that we are individuals from all different cultures and backgrounds and abilities and um, personalities, all the ways that we are who we are, but through grace, through Christ, we make a whole. And it might be messy, but it's one. <laughs> and it's beautiful. <laughs> I love this idea that the wisdom of God is not revealed to be something, some sort of simple black and white truth. It's not contained in proverbs and, proverbs and aphorisms or shall and shall not commandments. The wisdom of God is revealed in what God can do, what God can make. The gathering together of an infinite diversity of human beings into a messy but somehow coherent whole, reconciling people to one another and forming them into a place where God can dwell. Through Christmas and Epiphany each year, we look back at the events of Jesus's birth and the news of God's incarnation going out to the world. This is more than a simple commemoration. These days call us to take our place in that story we are part of the body of Christ. 
where God's spirit lives embodied and is at work in this world. Our lives together reveal the many-colored wisdom of God, one people drawn from every nation, where all are reconciled to one another and, every, and there's space for every person to belong.